the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To be set free means you've been enslaved to something, and now you're free from it. But you've been set free to be a slave again. But it's a different kind of slavery as we're exploring next on Abounding Grace. been set free from a slavery that is bad, to be slaves to something that's great. Can there be a slavery to something that's great? Well, that's what we're seeing here in Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 23. Welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It does sound contradictory, doesn't it? Freed to be slaves, but that's precisely what God has done with us. And it's that slavery we're exploring today and just how marvelous it really is. Here's Pastor Gary with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Do I believe the doctrines of Scripture which the Holy Spirit is the penman? How do I know I'm obeying God? Am I obeying the commandments of God revealed in Scripture which the Holy Spirit is the divine penman? Just recovering this idea is reformation. This is looked at by many as being so unspiritual, though. Do you mean I have to pour over a book? Oh, no. It should be. Do you mean I get to read the book that the Holy Spirit used a variety of men to write and so that when I read this book, because God has so miraculously preserved it and spilled much blood in order to do so, that I have God's own word to me. Not that I have to divine them for myself and see, well, does that one appeal to me? Does that one make me feel good? He has given it to me. And he says, this is my word eternal. My word is established in the heavens. So let's be done once and for all with talking about how the Holy Spirit is whispering in my ear this or that or me being really close to God because of the Holy Spirit working in me or having conversations with God and all of the silliness that is in evangelical churches today unless it leads us right back every time to the form of sound doctrine and sound words that have been delivered to us by the apostles, but even more by the living finger of the Holy Spirit to teach us that we are to be- what we are to believe and how we are to live in every area of our lives. Now in verse 18, Paul comes to the high water mark of this particular little section, verses 15 through 18, where the main theme is the title of the sermon, Freed to be Slaves. Notice the verb tense there, being then made. It is passive. It means that God is the one who has freed us. We cannot free ourselves. 
I can't free myself from sin any more than I could put Mount Shasta on my back and carry it down here to San Jose. Of course I can't do that. Being made free. God did it. This is being made free from the power of sin, which is the source of all our bitterness and misery. It's not our circumstances. It's not our parents. It's not our spouse. It is sin. Sin blinds our mind. Sin corrupts our affections. It makes us liars and deceivers. And sin pushes our will away from God. So total was our slavery that we didn't even know we were slaves. Think about this when you talk to unbelievers. They have no idea they are slaves. Do you remember what that was like? Blindness, alienation from God, guilt and depravity. This was the air that each and every one of us breathed. I did not know there was anything else. It was normal to me to be in bondage to the filth of my own heart. But God took pity on every one of us. And he called us to be born again from on high. That's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you can't even enter into the kingdom of God unless you're given new eyes and a new heart by the power of God. Jesus said, and if the son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So if you are a slave today, there's only one jailer who can open the door. And it is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I have come to proclaim liberty to the captives. So come to him today and he will free you. Even as believers, there may be sin in your life that you are giving free reign to. You're just not resisting. You're not yielding yourself to God. Well, what are you supposed to do about it? Well, I've just kind of compartmentalized it and pushed it into another area. No, don't do that. You bang on the door. Just like a prisoner would who's begging to be liberated. And you keep calling on the name of the Lord. Free me, Lord Jesus. You are the only one who can open this prison door. I hate my sin. I condemn myself before the throne of God for this sin. Lord, please come and free me from it. So that I may enjoy the free air. And the liberty of God's sons. And walk with you in the joy of obedience. By the way, this is also the fountain of our gratitude. Jesus has made me free. Jesus has freed me from sin. It is a source of our strength to obey. Jesus has opened the door. You can't open it. He does it. So ask him. Yes, still, we have to fight with sin. But in union with our captain, he will free us. He will deliver us. Now, just before we look at the last phrase, this is true Christian freedom. It is not doing what we want under the guise of grace and sonship. It is to be truly freed from sin's slavery by the power of God so that we can walk with God in joyful obedience. So how do we practice this freedom? Look at the last phrase of verse 18. You became the servant of righteousness. Now, this is very surprising to me. It always has been. That this obedience, this joyful obedience is called 
slaves of righteousness. Now, does that mean we are rescued from one form of slavery only to be delivered to another? We need a biblical definition of freedom, I think. Whenever men define freedom, it will always be about me, and it will always run towards libertinism. I'm just going to be free to do whatever I want to do. Now, in our consumer age, that's a real danger, isn't it? We see it in the church. Freedom is equated with a lack of external control and doing what I want to do as conveniently as possible. One even hears of professing believers leading irreverent and disobedient lives, yet claiming they are being led by God and having a fine time of it. This is what the world would define freedom as, man as a little God, running around doing whatever he wants to do. But that is actually horrible bondage. There's nothing worse for you and me. There is nothing worse than for God to leave us alone in our petty, little, willful kingdom. That is slavery. True freedom exists when we are liberated from the self-oriented, self-willed life, like Jesus said. If you find your life in this world, you will lose it. If you affirm yourself, if you live for yourself, you lose yourself. But if you die to yourself, if you lose your life in this world, if you live for me, you'll find your life because life is truly free. And we are truly recovered when we are made servants or slaves of God. Augustine probably perhaps said it best. Thou hast made me, has made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until they rest in you. God having made you, he knows what will truly make you happy. And he says, do you know what will truly make you happy? Put in your name here. John, David, Katya, Ronald, Sarah, Ben. God says, do you know what will make you truly happy? It is to obey me. Because you were made in my image. And you are a reflection of me. And when you walk in harmony with me, you are never happier. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the way of the Lord. I will walk in liberty for I seek thy precepts. I rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies more than all treasures. Because God made us to be happy when we are walking in holiness before him. Now, why does Paul call us slaves in verse 18 and in verse 16 as well? Why slaves? This would seem to be opposite of liberty, right? Well, not if we define liberty as the ability to please God. Is that how you define it? You, you young men, 17, 18, 19, 20, you start telling your parents how you want to be free. I want to do my own thing. Well, you better be careful. Satan believed that. And you know where he is and where he is going. Listen. Real freedom, real liberty as God's creatures is the ability and the desire to do what is pleasing to God from the inside, from the heart. And what a joy the gospel of Jesus Christ is. You know, when we ate the fruit in the Garden of Eden through Adam and we fell in Adam and just pushed joy away from us, imagine if joy was something you could 
put in a box. Well, we took the box and we threw it on the ground. We got an axe and we just chopped it into little pieces, poured gasoline on it, lit a match and said to hell with joy. We don't want it. We don't want joy if it means we have to have it on God's terms. That would have been at the end of it. But God in his mercy came back to us and said, I know where the pieces and the ashes are. I have omnipotence and I am going to change you from the inside so that from the heart you will be free to walk in obedience to me. What a great God. So it will become, us, become for us what it was like for Jesus. Remember what he said? I will always do the things that please my Father. Not sometimes. I will do it always. You see, God knows something about us, every one of us. He knows we're happy if we are holy. And that, again, is the high water mark of the gospel. The high water mark of the gospel is not, I don't have to go to hell. I mean, of course, that's great. But the high water mark is now I'm restored to God from the inside by his working of freeing renewal so that I can obey him like Jesus did. You know, the word slaves emphasizes something else also that we ought to take seriously. Listen, we are bound to this way of life in Christ. Do you ever think about that? I'm bound to this. By, that's, by the way, that's why young people as well as adults who leave the church and go off into the world, they are never happy, never, never happy in their sin. It never brings joy to them. Some of the biggest wrecks in Hollywood and the music industry today at one time set in Southern Baptist churches. And they begin to think, I'll just throw it off and go do what I want. But there is no joy there. Why? Because when you've heard about what joy truly is, the fake never satisfies. Even if you get what you want, the voice of Christ haunts you the rest of your days and you are never happy. But for us who know the Lord, this word slavery means I am bound to Jesus I am bound to his victories. Sin will not have dominion over me because this slavery is more than we would think of with chains and dungeons. This is a personal being bound to Christ so that his death to sin is my death to sin. His resurrection is my resurrection. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I am bound you understand, beloved? We are bound, and he is bound to us. And I don't know about you, but if I'm going to be a slave, I want it to be to Jesus. Oh, Jesus, would you bind me to your victories? Sure. Will you bind me to your grace? Sure. Will you bind me to the very throne of God where you make intercession for us without ceasing? I will. You are my slaves. Oh, but you are also my heirs, joint heirs. You're also my friends. But I want to use the word slave to emphasize that you are bound to me. You are bound to joy. 
You're bound to righteousness. And by the way, righteousness is critical because it emphasizes what? It emphasizes the way we walk as joyful slaves, walking in obedience to God's word. It's not complicated, my friends. Psalm 119, 160. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous commands endureth forever. Do you want to be bound to Jesus? Walk in obedience to God's righteous commands. God is the only one who defines righteousness. Boy, do we see today what happens when man defines righteousness, don't we? The spirit of the French Revolution all the way down to the present day is we will not have God to rule over us. So now, of course, science is evolution or as the uber, uber evolutionists finally come down to, maybe where Earth is made from aliens who came down and planted life forms in crystals. Oh, man is the measure of all things. Okay, then, we'll, we'll have sodomite marriages. And after all, incestuous marriage is merely a Christian taboo, right? If man gets to define right and wrong, if man is God, like Dostoevsky said, anything is possible, everything is possible, nothing is possible, because man is not God. And he says, you want to walk in freedom? You want to walk in liberty? You live on my earth. Obey my commands. Let's look at John 15, 9 through 11, where our Savior ties this out for us so beautifully. We should all memorize these verses. I know some of you already have because it's our privilege and our pleasure to walk in obedience to God as his willing slaves, made so by his grace. John 15, 9. This is brilliant. I, I love these verses. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. How do I do that? If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Love is obedience? Is Jesus really telling us this? Yes, you see, we have a bad view of love. It's just like we have a bad view of definition of freedom. Love is not, I get it on my own terms. Jesus says, look at me. Love is, you do it in God's terms because he made us for himself. Paul says, why have I said these things to you in verse 11? These things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Okay, this is a little too much for me, Jesus. You put love and joy in the same context with obedience? All I can do, because I'm not in heaven yet, and I don't fully apprehend this, is to tell you this. God has made us, and he knows us better than we know ourselves. And he says, I have made you for love, and I have made you for joy. And the blood that circulates all these things together and joins them all together is to walk in harmony with me in obedience. So look at your life as I look at mine. Where are we out of harmony? 
Where is there no joy? Where has love been broken in my home? And remember, love is not broken except by sin. Joy is not broken for the Christian except by sin. So where is there sin? Where am I not chained to Jesus? Do I need to be chained more to him in my thought life? Do I need to be chained to him more in how I use his time because I don't have my own time? Oh, what about the unbelieving Athens that I let pipe through my earphones all the time? Are, those, are these encouraging me to be bound to Jesus or to be bound to me and to moroseness and to melancholy? Because after all, that is all the world has to sing about. Frustration that life and love don't go along with my poor little terms. Bind yourself to Christ. Be his servant. And he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never let sin have dominion over you. I will have joy. Joy. Imagine how joyful Jesus is today. He sees Moses and Elijah and all the saints of the Old Testament. David. He sees some of your parents and grandparents and maybe even some of your great-grandparents that you don't even know because God's covenant operates if we don't even see the names in our family Bibles. He sees all of his. He sees his father in ways that we will never be able to see. He says, I was with you before the foundation of the world. No one is more joyful than Jesus Christ because no one, when he humbled himself before his father, was more obedient So do you want joy? Bind yourself to Jesus Christ. Bind yourself to righteousness, to God's word. Don't let anything interfere. Don't say, well, Lord, you can have this half of me, but the other half is mine. Lord, you can have what I have on my computer screen, but not what I have in my mind. No, say, Lord Jesus, I want to be all yours. Maybe some of you haven't gotten victory over sins in your life because you're holding out. I feel like at times I've been like this. So I feel your pain and your frustration. Kind of like Judas. I'm going along with it on the outside, but on the inside, I'm failing miserably. I want to control the sin and keep it down myself, but I feel it. It's there. There's only one person who can destroy the head of the serpent, and that is Jesus Christ, the Deliverer. So look to him and be saved. He is the only one who opens the prison doors. And if he opens yours, be sure you tell everyone this week. You came in contact with, you come in contact with, and you have the opportunity to speak with. There is a Savior who kills sin and brings to us the happy freedom of obedience to God. He freed me, and he'll free you. And until he frees our culture, my friends, until he frees our nation, there is no hope. You cannot see, you cannot enter the kingdom of God until God calls you you to be born from on high. Pray, Christians, that the Lord will open this land, in this land, the womb of regeneration again, because until he does, nothing but evil will continue. But don't forget, 
there is a Savior in Zion. Look to him. Tell him, believer, where you are struggling. Tell him where you need his help. Oh, he already knows. But have you ever noticed and thought it kind of odd how the leper came up to Jesus and Jesus asked, what do you want from me? My nose is falling off. What do you think I want from you? The blind man, Barnabas, what do you want? I can't see. Tell him. He is real. He's not a force. He's not an idea. He's not a theological absolute. He is the eternal son of God clothed in our nature. And he is one with the father in power and glory. And he is one with us in our weakness, in our humanity. And now he is exalted to the right hand of the father. Tell him, confess to him. Fall before him and he will heal. Why? Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.